What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? And gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of kinston north carolina it is finally friday it's friday february the third in the year of the lord 2023 this is episode 794 of the brian hank show presented by lenore community college my co-hosts john dawson and jonathan massey why they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today but joining me in less than 20 minutes is our regular friday guest he's the dean of ENC Sports Talk host, and he has his own show, The Drive, on 252 ESPN and 107.5 FM in Greenville and New Bern. It's the great Mark Panicelli. Uh, man, we've got a lot of stuff to talk to him about. I mean, we are still a week away from the Super Bowl, but we've got uh, just so much to talk about with him. Uh, man, NASCAR starts on Sunday. That's going to be a lot of fun as they're doing the uh, clash at the Coliseum. We've got Duke Carolina. Heck, that should have led everything. Duke Carolina tomorrow night. Uh, so, man, we're going to just uh, have a blast talking to our good friend Mark Panicelli. So, who knows where our conversations go. The neat thing is about him, you know, I go on his Wednesday show, and, uh, man, we talk about a little bit of everything. And uh, I have a feeling that's probably where today is going to go, too. And i got to apologize again. Man, my voice is not back yet. I really, Perry Tindall, I wore it out the other night, uh, Tuesday night. I, I don't know if I hit a couple of notes a little too high, and uh, it, it's just really not come back. In fact, as of last night when uh, Linda and I were watching the uh, uh, Brandon versus Reggie game, uh, Dallas versus uh, <laughs> New Orleans, <coughs> I was talking to her and I just realized my voice is not backing. Man, I got senior night tonight over at Kenston High School, so uh I gotta be doing some stuff to get the the voice the to, to keep the voice rested, although doing two hours of a talk show here over the next two hours is probably not gonna help. <laughs> but that's all right. Hey, Mark Panicelli here in our first hour. In our second hour, uh we're gonna have the leader of the fine arts department over at Lenore Community College, Jessica Cruz. Uh can't wait to have her in here. She's been here a couple of times before. They've got a, a couple of uh, great events that are coming up. It's something that you can be a part of, too. So uh, she's going to give us all that information over uh, in our second hour, and then we'll play the birthday game. We'll be uh, we'll be done with the week. How about that? And then uh, Brian can take a nappy nap. <laughs> See, people think I'm joking, but uh, I'm really not because i got to get my nappy. And although I didn't get a, a good one in yesterday because I had a ton of stuff going on, but, man, what about – man, you talk about some breaking news and some great things happening in our area. We had two tremendous things happen yesterday. And number one right here in the city of Kinston was, uh, I got to tell you, I don't remember seeing a groundswell of support for a uh, for uh, someone to become a police chief or any other uh, office like that. But I got to tell you, man, Keith Goyette uh, was named the uh, p- permanent police chief of uh, the city of Kinston yesterday. Where it was announced late la- or last night, uh, City Councilman uh, uh, Chris Suggs announced it on his page, and it was just just like I said, the groundswell of support has just been amazing. Uh, he's somebody I've said it here on the show a couple of times that I think he has proven with his actions and with his conscient how conscientious he is that uh, he would be a natural for the uh, next uh, police chief. He's been the interim chief for a little bit now. We get to see him out at Kinston Games. Uh, and, and again, when you talk to people on the inside, when you talk to people at the Lenore County Sheriff's Office, which I talked to quite a few of them uh, over the, you know, hell, over the past six years, but definitely over the past few months since uh, he's been up for it. 
just I got to tell you, I don't remember. Uh, in fact, he and I were just messaging a few minutes ago. I'm trying to get him here on the show. So, Chief, if you're listening, uh, I'd love to have you come on for a few minutes here uh, so we can uh, congratulate you and all that. But I don't remember seeing just across party lines, across uh, the spectrum, across uh, gender, across race, everybody was wanting Keith Goyette to be the, the next police chief. And sure enough, it was announced last night. So congratulations to Chief and again, we'd love to get him on. If we don't get him on today, we'll get him on one day next week uh, because I would love to, uh, for folks who don't know him and even throughout our region, as you know, we this show has aired in New Bern and Greenville and all over eastern North Carolina. I'd like folks to meet uh, Chief Goyette. Heck, I need to do it with a new sheriff too. I've uh, talked to him a couple of times. He wants to come on. Heck, we might just have a law enforcement day. How about that where we have uh, – Chief Goyette and uh, Sheriff Rogers may be on at the same show. That that would be kind of neat. You know how I like theme shows, but that would be cool. But again, listen, congratulations to Keith Goyette. Uh, now, the permanent police chief in the uh, city of Kenson took the interim t- uh, title off. And uh, just so, uh, man, just uh, so happy for him, for his family, for the city of Kenson. We've got us a good one, that's for sure. So very excited about that. How about the other breaking news last night that came across? And you could have slapped me with a with a broom, and I wouldn't have been any more shocked or surprised or, in fact, happy about this news. But how about Paul Cornwell? <laughs> he left Aiden Grifton, what, three seasons ago? Junius, if you're listening, hit me up. Let me uh, know. I can't remember exactly. Or uh, even Keith Spence. I think it was three years ago. <coughs> so, uh, and, and really the program – and it, it just really had kind of bottomed out, and this past year was just awful for uh, for uh, Aiden Griffin, especially when you look and you see what uh, Coach Cornwell did with 18 straight years of making it to the state playoffs. Not sure they made it at all in the past three years. And like I said, this past year was just – they bottomed out is a nice way to say it. And nothing against uh, the coach who was in there, who who's now whose name is escaping me. But uh, a, a good guy, and from everybody I talked to, he was – Pretty beloved. I think he came from Rose. But, uh, man, just uh, the like I said, the program had bottomed out. They uh, had let him go. They've been looking for a coach. And I think maybe in the back of my head somewhere, I was like, man, wouldn't it be really cool if uh, Paul Cornwell would come back? But, I mean, realistically, I didn't think it was possible. He had left Aiden Grifton to be an AP or an assistant principal at, uh, at Farmville Central. And, you know, I talked to him a a couple of times. I mean, he did still coach the uh, East-West All-Star game, which had been postponed from 2020 because of the pandemic until uh, 2021. And, uh, gosh, I I was trying to think the last time I'd even even messaged was back in 2021, right around the uh, East-West game. Well, (laughs) how about this? Aiden Grifton last night, I don't even know, around 7.30, 7 o'clock, 7.30, announces uh, on their Facebook feed that, he is back as a head football coach at uh, Aiden Grifton. So congratulations to Aiden Grifton. Congl- congratulations to uh, Coach Cornwell. Just exciting, exciting times. And uh, I, I actually messaged with him last night, too. Uh, he's on vacation this week. Uh, the way you put it to me, he didn't think the news was going to be broken until next week uh, that he was going to be uh, named coach. So he's going to join us on Monday. He's going to be one of our guests on uh, Monday, uh, so uh, pretty excited about that, uh, and just excited about uh, Coach Cornwell coming back to Aiden Griffin, but how about that? I mean, talk about, you know, after the news cycle closed last night, uh, two big uh, things. Keith Goyette named the permanent police chief here in the city of Kenston. Again, one of the good guys, just very beloved, and then Paul Cornwell. This is all you need, and I've said this several times here on the show, but if you haven't heard me say it, hell, I'm going to say it again. The thing about Paul Cornwell is, he was so good. I mean, just he was the in the East Central two A and even in the Eastern Plains two A was the preeminent football coach in that league. I mean, had done a, so many, so many great things. And uh, but this is all you need to know about him. He beat uh, Kenston seventy six to nothing. It's still the worst loss in Kenston history. I guess that was back in uh, Diesel's first season. And still, you would think that would make Diesel hate him, right? Or the coaching staff at Kinston hate Aiden Grifton. Anything but that. They respect the hell out of him when you talk to uh, Diesel on the record, off the record. He has nothing but just uh, just a lot of respect for Paul Cornwell. 
even though he handed him his worst loss and Kinston's worst loss in the history of the school. Um, I mean, Paul Cornwell was just a, a consummate gentleman, a great coach, and can't wait to have him back on the sideline. And I uh, can't wait to have him here on the show on Monday, too. So we'll have him here uh, talking about uh, coming back. And uh, I I can't wait to talk to him. The man loves football. Even when he left Aiden Griffin to go to Farmville Central, he was excited about going there, but you knew he was still a charger at heart. Uh, having gone to school there, having coached there for 18 years, giving them their most their longest sustained success, took them to a state championship game in 2011. Can't wait to see what he's going to do with that program to get it back on its feet because you know Paul Cornwell is not going to accept a a one and nine or a two and eight kind of season. And uh, I know the folks around Aiden Grifton they're pretty pumped about it too. So there you go. So congratulations to him. Uh, for uh, coming back to Aiden Grifton. So, man, other stuff last night, too. I'll tell you, I'll tell you before we get to Reggie versus Brandon, I'm going to get to that here in a second. I do want to follow up on, uh, man, yesterday's show, uh, one of our best. I got to tell you, one of the best we've done in our three three years and two months or three years and three months of having the Brian Hanks show. And a big part of it was John Clemens. want to thank, again, the great John Clemens, the general manager of the uh, Down East Wood Ducks, for joining us uh, yesterday live uh, just some quasi-irresponsible reporting from uh, the Wilmington Star News. And, yeah, I'm going to take another shot at them. Just, just bad reporting when you put when you say there's a minor league team coming to, uh, to uh, Leland, potentially coming to Leland in Brunswick County, and then you use a picture of the Down East Wood Ducks logo. Uh, it just makes people think that, hey, all the Wood Ducks are moving, and it really – I got to tell you, man, uh, some upset people around town here, and they should be, but I really do appreciate John Clemens for coming on and squaring that uh, 100% away. The Down East Wood Ducks are here. Listen, I let me tell you how confident I am. I went yesterday and bought my season tickets, okay? I went and uh, visited Janelle Bullock and – or Bullock. Janelle Fitch. Sorry, Janelle, I know you're married. Uh, I visited Janelle Fitch, uh, bought mine and Linda's season tickets. We're going to be out there all season. If I, I, I just, I, I messaged a little bit with Wade Howell, who's been on this show a million times. We love Wade, but he even said, I mean, the bad thing about somebody doing that and putting that out there and using pictures of the Down East Wood Ducks and uh, logo and intimating that uh, we're going to be losing our team to to Wilmington and Brunswick County. Uh, what that does, I mean, it really does. It hurts advertisers for the Down East Wood Ducks. It hurts sponsors. It hurts people who may, you know, I mean, listen, a lot of people don't have disposable income right now. And, uh, you know, paying 750 to $850 for season tickets, which, by the way, what a deal. I mean, that is an absolute freaking deal to get tickets. And I'm sitting in Section 5 right behind, right behind Greg Clemens, but you know what? Someone who is a big baseball fan is like, you know what? I'd really like to support the Down East Wood Ducks. They see something like that, and it, the first thing they think is, well, why am I going to buy season tickets for a team that's going to be gone a year later? It's not the case, guys. Get your season tickets. Plan on going out to Granger Stadium. Let's support the Down East Wood Ducks. You want to keep the Wood Ducks in town and keep true professional baseball in the city of Kenston and Lenore County, the best way you can do it, is uh, drag your tail out there and and cheer on our guys. It's absolutely what you need to do. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so, long story short, again, thank you to John Clements for coming on the show yesterday to uh, help us square away the uh, those rumors that were floating around. Man, how about this? So much fun last night, and uh, I froze my TV probably eight or nine times, took pictures every time uh, Reggie and Brandon were guarding each other. But, man, I, I was messaging with Nick Harvey, and, uh, well, I sent Perry Tindall some pictures, but he never messaged me back. I'm assuming he went to bed early last night. But I got to share this. Uh, well, Reggie versus Brandon last night, the Pelicans versus uh, the Dallas Mavericks was just a lot of fun last night. Yeah, Greg Clemens, Section 5 is going to be rocking. So I am, I'm excited about that too. But uh, Reggie versus Brandon last night, uh, I was messaging all game long, like I said, with Nick Harvey, uh, school superintendent, and then with uh, our good friend Wells Gullage. And But the bad thing is Wells doesn't have the have league pass. 
So he, uh, or, or the season ticket, whatever it is they call it for uh, the NBA package on DirecTV, he said, all I have is TNT, so we were messaging back and forth. I was sending him pictures of every time Reggie and Brandon were guarding each other, and then it got down. Man, it was a 31-point lead for Dallas, and they got it all the way down to four points uh, there in the final minute. And uh, because Luka Doncic went out with an injury. It doesn't matter. We're talking about Reggie and Brandon here. And uh, so I ended up FaceTiming with him last night with Wells Gulledge and let uh, him watch TV through his phone through FaceTime. Had so much fun, man. Wells Gulledge, one of the all-timers. And again, and let me tell you what happened last night. Uh, the Pelicans have now lost 10 straight games. They lost last night 111-106 to at Dallas. But they are still in 10th place in the final playoff spot in uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, Brandon did have his breakout game, though. He started off really slow. I think he was 1 for 6, 1 for 7 early on. He ends up going 10 for 20 with 26 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 block shot in 36 minutes. And uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, I hate they lost the game, but, man, he's really he's needed to get his legs back, and he really looked good there in the second half of uh, last night's game and led that comeback to uh, get the Pelicans within four points of uh, in a game where, they, like I said, they were behind by 31 points uh, early in the second half and even uh, late in the first half. But uh, Reggie and the Dallas Mavericks, they win. They are now, check this out, they're 28 and 25, but they're in fourth place in the Western Conference. Reggie had four points, four rebounds after coming off the bench, but he played 34 minutes himself, and he looked good. I mean, he played some great defense, too, last night. Uh, and again, listen, if he gets points, if Reggie Bullock gets points for the Mavericks, that's just icing on the cake because you know he's out there for his defense, and he did a really good job. He actually did a really good job against Brandon uh, until they switched him off and put him on uh, uh, C.J. McCollum. He played him quite a bit last night, too. But, uh, man, congratulations to both Reggie and Brandon, and just what a time to be alive. And I'm being serious as a, as a Kenston fan and as a, you know, Kenston tough and all that, <coughs> you tell me another town the size of Kenston, I'll tell you there's not, but a city, the, the size of Kenston has two players in the NBA right now, uh, playing at high levels. Let, hey, Farmville doesn't have it. Yeah, I said it. Greenville doesn't have it. Newburn, Jacksonville, you guys don't have it. Kenston. Basketball heaven, uh, the best place to watch basketball in uh, in the world, right here in Lenore County in Kenston. And congratulations, like I said again, to, to listen. Uh, Brandon, you'll be able to see him uh, at home Saturday versus the Lakers and then home Sunday versus Sacramento. And then uh, Reggie uh, and the Mavs there at Golden State tomorrow night on Saturday night on WCTI Channel 12. And, yes, we're going to have some people over watching the Duke-Carolina game tomorrow night. I know my good friend Jason Bryant and his uh, son Connor is going to be here, and potentially a couple other people too. And, uh, of course, we're going to have Duke-Carolina on the big TV. But we're going to have uh, Dallas Mavericks-Golden State uh, on our on one of the other TVs too, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, let's get you caught up on everything else here uh, before we get Mark Panicelli up here on the line with us. Uh, LCC, they are at home today. They've got back-to-back -back games. Uh, they play at home today versus Patrick Henry in basketball, and then they're at Guilford Tech tomorrow. They are 2-19 and overall. They've lost seven in a row, but a good chance for them to get that turned around. Uh, Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon of Winston-Salem State, they are on a three-game winning streak. They've won five of their last six games there at St. Augs and Raleigh tomorrow at four. And uh, just some advice if you're thinking, you know what, I'd like to go up and see IP and uh, Jeremy play <laughs> tomorrow in Raleigh since they're just right here. I'm not saying don't go. In fact, you should go because there'll be a men's, uh, women's game at two, men's game at four. But you better be there about noon tomorrow. Well, you better be there probably before noon tomorrow if you want to see that game. St. Augs Gym is tiny, one of the smallest. In fact, about the same size as Shaw. So if you want to see them, you're definitely going to, going to want to do that. In fact, man, they've just been playing in front of just great crowds. They're 15 and five overall, seven and four in the CIAA Southern Division. And uh, they've got a game coming up uh, where they're going to be playing at the Joel. They're going to be playing where Wake Forest plays in Winston-Salem. And uh, I'm thinking about trying to make it out to that, too. That should be a lot of fun. But uh, if you want to go see IP and Jeremy Dixon tomorrow, by golly, like I said, you better uh, you better get there. I know that it's a game start 4 o'clock. 
you need to be there about noon, 11.30 or noon. If you want to do that and uh, hang out with Takima and Tad Parson, then you better get there early. Uh, Damian Dunn and Temple, they play Sunday when the Owls host number three Houston, a team they already beat earlier this season when uh, when Houston was number one. Uh, Ashanti Lynch and Maryland Eastern Shore, they don't play again for another week when they play versus Norfolk State at home. Uh, Maji Dodd and Charleston Southern, uh, they are at High Point University Saturday at 7. Uh, you, well, you heard us talking about uh, Dontrez and Carolina. They uh, lost at home versus Pitt Wednesday, as you know. They are at Duke Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Cannot wait for that game. Hope he gets an opportunity to play. But uh, that's going to be a heck of a game t- uh, tomorrow, too. Uh, how about Dory Hines and UMO? You heard uh, our good friend Shane Albee talking about them yesterday on the show. Uh, they lost uh, home versus that school in Will- uh, Wilson Barton College for everybody else Wednesday. But they're at home uh, Saturday at 6 versus King University in Conference Carolina's action. That'll be a big deal. And then Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, uh, they're home versus Ole Miss tomorrow at 1. That will be on the SEC Network. So lots and lots and lots of great action going on there. How about uh, South and uh, They played last night at home. They took on East Duplin. Uh, in the girls' game, they won 26-23. to 23. South North is now 11-9 and nine overall, but more importantly, they're 7-4 and four in the East Central 2A. Uh, the South North boys are, uh, lost last night, 52-45. to 45. They fell to 4-13 and 13 overall, 2-9 and nine in the conference uh, in sixth place. I know yesterday I said they were in last place in the conference. I was wrong. They uh, are in sixth place, and it uh, looks like that's probably where they're going to end up. Uh, big game tonight, senior night at Kenson High School. That's what I was saying. I got to save my voice for that tonight. Uh, I will be resting it throughout the day today. I can promise you that. But they take on Wallace Rose Hill tonight. Uh, the girls, uh, the Kenson girls are nine and 13 overall five and five. The boys have uh, all but locked up the number one seed and they can do that tonight. Uh, if they beat Wallace Rose Hill, they're 17 and four overall nine and one in the conference. North Lenore is at home tonight. As they'll take on James Keenan, uh, Green Central's at West Craven, Aiden Griffin is at Southwest Edgecombe, uh, Bethel is at home against Living Water Christian, and then Mount Calvary Christian is at Fellowship Christian. If you want to know about any of those games, and especially, I should have said this when I was talking about the South and North East Duplin games from last night, go to encmoments.com. Judy Smith Third has the best local website in the state of North Carolina, and uh, I'm telling you, you need to go check it out. He's got game stories uh, from uh, last night's games, too. So uh, be sure to uh, to check that out. Uh, i tell you what, before we uh, get Mark Panicelli up here on the line with us, let's thank our good friends over at Lenore Community College for almost 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit the website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And joining us right now on our Spence Automotive guest line, he's the dean of uh, ENC Sports Talk hosts. He is uh, just one of, one of the greatest guys you'll meet and uh, more sports knowledge in his pinky finger than I have in my whole body. It's the great Mark Panicelli of The Drive on 252 ESPN, 107.5 in Greenville, New Bern, Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Brian. I hope you're doing awesome. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. And, uh, dude, as someone who has done sports talk for as long as you have, uh, you're going to have to help me out with this one, dude. Uh, the last couple of mornings that I've woke up, I've not had a voice. I don't know if you, if you're sitting there going, is that really Hank's on the line? It really is me. I promise. But dude, I don't know if it's surely it's not, it's, just early February, allergies aren't coming in yet. I know I yelled a lot at Tuesday night's game, but heck, I did your show Wednesday and I didn't sound like this. What do you do? And I, in, a, in all sincerity, no riff, no anything, but when you get up, and I know your show's an afternoon show again now, but you know, if you're getting ready to go on air and your voice is struggling or you know it is during the day, what do you do to uh, get your voice right for your show? 
I don't have any voice techniques, Brian. I, okay. I, I, I really don't. So, but, but uh, I think morning is probably the toughest, right? Because you don't have much time, right? You just woke up. You're, uh, you're trying to get all your mojo going, but uh, you know, um, you know. Uh, sometimes if it's bad enough, you just you uh, you play a best of, or you or, <laughs> or you uh, or you get, you know. But but yeah, no techniques. Uh, that that I've had, but uh, but yeah, this is the time of year. You know, you're gonna get sick. You're gonna miss some shows. It's unfortunate, but uh, but uh, hopefully, hopefully that golden voice of yours returns, <laughs> and uh, and you're back on track sooner rather than later. Well, you know, you you put it right. The, the crazy thing is, you know, when I get up a. Sometimes later than other days, but typically 5.15 to 5.30 is when I get up uh, to do the show. But there's nobody to talk to. If if I had, like, if I was going into a studio and talking to a producer and, you know, doing the, the only thing I do is I'll talk to the cat a little bit. I'll talk to Molly when I take her outside. And that's when I noticed it this morning, Mark, was, you know, I took her outside and I'm like, come on, Molly. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going through puberty again. But, uh, you know what, if I were doing a later show, that's this thing I ended Linda and I joke about it all the time. You know, they pretty much, when I decided to do the show, they said, you know, do it when you want to blah, blah, blah. Why in the hell did I do a morning show when I could have done an afternoon show and slept in and, uh, you know, and, and enjoy, you did a morning show again for a minute, uh, or hell it was more than a minute. It was like about a year, a little bit over a year before you decided to go back to afternoon. Is Three that- years. Was it really three years, the morning show? Yep. Oh, yeah. Good God, time flies. Why was I thinking it was like just a little <laughs> bit over a year? Good Lord. Anyway, uh, no regrets, right? I mean, going back to afternoon. No, no I, I I enjoy being in the afternoon. Uh, I really do. So, um, uh, but But there's something about the morning show that's also fantastic, too. Uh, so, I... You know, both slots are great, and we know the in radio morning is a is a real prime time spot. It's all about drive time because uh, whether you're driving into work or or you're leaving work, those are the two slots if you're going to be in radio that you'd like to be. So I'm glad to I'm glad to have done both, but uh, but I do enjoy the afternoon show a little bit more. And that just may be because I like to sleep in every now and then. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, even when I got up this morning, and like I said, I usually get up 5.15 to 5.30. <coughs> Dude, it was around 5.45, 5.50 this morning when I did it. Because I did hit, I hit the snooze one time, and I was like, man, I got, I got so much to prep for today's show, I can't do that but there are days uh when you know you've got like five guests coming on and you don't have to do a long monologue or whatever that i'll get up a little bit later i don't know are people interested in us talking about this kind of stuff are they uh i mean come on man i mean you're asking me what people are interested in who knows you know we're we're really we're really digging at that point but uh but yeah you know i i I have no idea so I just, you know, you know, like most radio, and you do this too. We just do it, and we don't even think twice about it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, joining us, like I said, on our Spence Automotive guest line right now, he's our Friday guest, uh, just one of the great guys out there, Mark Panicelli of 252 ESPN. And, uh, man, a lot to talk about. I think we'll, we'll probably save a lot of the football talk for next week when we do it. You will be our last show before the Super Bowl next uh, next week, so – We'll have uh, we'll break down a lot there. I would love to talk to some be- uh, talk about some betting stuff with you. We're gonna try to get Ariel Epstein on with us next week too to uh, talk about props and all that kind of stuff and get her to uh, break down some of that stuff. But like I said, we'll we'll save football for uh, next week in the Super Bowl and all that. But uh, man, the Duke Carolina game tomorrow, and I gotta tell you, yes, college game day is gonna be there, Mark, but. I don't remember, and even as bad as both teams were a couple of years ago uh, when it was the first time since like 1951 when both teams were unranked going into the game. That's the deal with tomorrow night, too. I guess my point I'm trying to make, there has been as little buzz for this game tomorrow as I remember in recent memory, and I'm talking about 
dude, in the last 10 to 15 years, what's it been like on your show? What's it been like in the greater Vanceboro area? I mean, I think for fans, there's always it's always there. Um, if you're a fan of either one of these teams, you're probably pretty uh, excited that you've actually got the weekend coming up. But, I mean, it has definitely devolved. Uh, you know, it's not – and, again, maybe we're just being prisoners of the moment, but you are absolutely right. This is the least excited I think I remember uh, anybody being because neither team is ranked. And they both have had their struggles this year. It's not been the same. Uh, and so I think from a, a national standpoint, it is definitely taking a step down. And, and again, is this temporary? Maybe. Uh, we'll see. But I, I got to say, you're, you're, you're right on that. It's not um, the buzz for this game has not, has not really been there. And that's probably because, again, both teams have had their struggles. Both teams are out of the top 25. And, you know, it's it's like the, uh, the, the I guess, the pizzazz that we usually see with this with this matchup. And, uh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm there for it. I'm going to be there. Um, but I'm not going to be there physically. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to be there for the game. Uh, but at the same time, no, I've, I've noticed the same thing. It doesn't, there's not this electricity for Duke Carolina week that, uh, that we usually have. Um, and I'm, I, I tried to think of, I feel like this usually happened, the first matchup usually happened after the Super Bowl. And now it's happening on Pro Bowl weekend or exhibition, uh, as, uh, you know, exhibition weekend. We got the NHL. Uh, all-star weekend and the, the NASCAR uh, clash and all that. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's, uh, it's a little, maybe a little different on the calendar or whatever. But I think really it goes down to the fact that both teams have way underperformed. And, um, and it's just not as exciting. There's not this uh, anticipation that we usually feel with this game. No, I agree wholeheartedly, and, you know, several factors here. I mean, number one, probably being that both teams have relatively struggled at this point. I mean, uh, neither one of them – I mean, dude, here's the thing that, you know, and, yeah, I got a humble brag here again, but, you know, know, having David Glenn on yesterday (laughs) – Uh, I brought up when you can impress David Glenn, by God, dude, you know, you've done a pretty good job, dude. And, uh, I don't know if you heard the part and I know, you know, of course the, 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 the show or the show airs there on two, five, two ESPN also, but did you hear the point where I made him not gasp? But when I said, if the, uh, ACC tournament started today, Mark Panicelli, neither Duke or Carolina would have the double buy, but NC State would, and I made David Glenn <laughs> gasp. How cool was that? No, that's uh, that's big. I mean, he's <laughs> Mister ACC, yes. so so no, that's uh, that's a that, that that that's a big one there. And then you brought that up, which again, in in many years, you may have had Carolina uh, or Duke have uh, where it's been it's not been the year, but. It, I can't even. I mean, and not in my memory, do I remember when both of them would have been in this situation? Because usually, uh, it's both or one or the other. So uh, I think it. You know, again, we go back to that. Maybe that's really where the, you know, the excitement kind of lacks. There is that both teams have. have you know, underperformed based on their programs, expectations or annual expectations, I should say, have not been met. But, uh, but that is a good one, Brian. You did great there. Thank buddy. you. Thank you. I've, I've lived off that for the last 24 hours. Let me tell you. Okay. I mean, I had to go pay a ticket in, uh, Nashville and Nash County yesterday. I even told the cashier about it there. How about that? 
<laughs> of course, she had no idea who the hell David Glenn was, but <clears throat> but I, uh, but, but I took a lot of pride. Like I said, man, I took a lot of pride in that. But then also on top of that, too, well, I got to tell you, Greg Clements chimed in, and he said because ESPN has run the game into the ground, he he's not wrong there. But how how big of a you know with John Shire being in his first year at Duke, with uh, Hubert being in his second year at Carolina. A little bit of the star factor on the sidelines has disappeared. I mean, when you had Roy Williams there at Carolina and you had Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, I mean, with all the ever-changing faces of the players in college basketball, the true stars of college basketball now are the coaches. And when you have two, I mean, dude, I mean, I guarantee you, if you talk to a teenager in California who's just a, uh, you know, peripheral college basketball fan and you said Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams they know exactly who that is but dude if you said John Shire and Hubert Davis like I said to a peripheral fan I'm not talking about a diehard fan you a lot of people don't know who that is and I think that takes away a little bit from the excitement of this game don't you oh absolutely and I mean John Shire certainly has had his struggles and we'll see where where that goes but you and I've talked uh I think at least on my show about the fact that if Hubert Davis hadn't had the run uh, where he beat Krzyzewski in his last home game and then they had the tournament run last year, uh, I think he'd be on the uh, the hot seat right now uh, in North Carolina because, you know, again, with the program's expectations, uh, you know, he's, it's not been to the standards of the Roy Williams or Dean Smiths. And so, uh, we'll see where John Shire can end up and if he can kind of turn this around and how patient the Duke program will be with him. But but uh, but you're right. I mean, both of these coaches don't, you know, pop off the page to you. And, and right now, uh, you know, the, look, I think the programs are still, for lack of a better term, sexy. But, but the problem is right now they don't have the same – you know, the success just hasn't been there. They haven't, you know, Duke's got a lot of great talent there. I mean, I think North Carolina's still returning those guys from last year. But right right now, uh, both of these teams really need to get on a run, I, I would think. Uh, and I'll put more of the pressure on Hubert Davis right now than John Shire. It is Shire's first year. But to me, Hubert Davis is probably the guy who – probably needs to get things uh, in order uh, more quickly. They had a great January. only lost one game, but then they lost to Pitt uh, earlier in the week. It's, uh, uh, yeah, as I said, you and I talked about on my show, the fact of the matter is I don't know without that run last year, and they were struggling going into that last game of the year, uh, beat Duke, and then had the tournament run. If you took that away um, – I think Hubert Davis would have been on the hottest of hot seats in all of college basketball. Well, I'm telling you, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And when you talk to folks like Junius Smith, who is a big Carolina fan, when you talk to some of our big Carolina fans around here, they say the same thing. I mean, dude, let's, let's do that parallel universe uh, where perhaps Hubert didn't win against Duke uh, at all last year. They get beat in the uh, – in coach k's final game uh they get knocked out after the second uh, game of the acc tournament and they're in the nit i mean they were people forget dude they were on the they weren't guaranteed to make the ncaa tournament never really were guaranteed i mean they got the eight seed last year which means they were pretty comfortably in but that was only after the duke game say they lose that duke game then they maybe win a game in the acc tournament then lose another Dude, I'm not even sure they make the NCAA tournament. And then you come into this year, dude, they may be talking about him like they were talking about Matt Darty 20 years ago. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, if they don't beat Duke, they're either in the NIT or they're, what, a 13 seed or something like that in the, uh, in the, in the NCAA tournament. Because you and I both know sometimes uh, you might get in because of your brand name, uh, all of that being said. but And, and right now, 
they're kind of pushing that right now. You know, uh, you know, are they going to be a bubble team? Because you're right, they they were in that. Uh, what is it, the Lenardi, whatever it is, the f- first four in, last four out, or whatever. I mean, they were they were in that conversation last year, and I'm not sure. Again, we could put both of these teams in there right now. I think. You know, again, if, if these if these two programs don't get on a run and start winning some games with regularity, then uh, then you're going to see them be in that conversation. And part of it is, you know, the fact of the matter is the ACC, for whatever reason, lacks the national respect uh, of other. Now, and I think this is wrong because I still think it's one of the best basketball conferences in the country. And, uh, but right now it's the SEC, it's the big 10, it's the big 12. Uh, whereas I honestly think top to bottom, this is still the best basketball conference in the country, but they just, for whatever reason, when it comes to, uh, the polls, when it comes to the selection committees, the Atlantic coast conference is not getting the respect from a basketball standpoint. You know, that I did when we grew up when, you know, if you were sixth in the or seventh in the ACC, you know, you were still considered a pretty good basketball team. But right now, it, you know, I mean, Pitt, Pitt just beat Carolina twice. They're like second or third in the conference. Yep, yep. And they're not even ranked, Brian. They're not even ranked. And so uh, part of the problem is not just the programs at Duke or Carolina, but part of the problem, uh, the problem for the ACC is nationally uh, they don't get the respect that they've gotten, uh, 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 you know, over the years. So um, it's it's not only a Duke Carolina problem; it's an ACC problem. Ah, I agree wholeheartedly, and I the good news. And again, <clears throat> I'm calling back to yesterday's show with. Uh, with uh, David Glenn, did I tell you that I made I, I impressed him with one of my factoids yesterday? Did you say that earlier? <laughs> oh, oh, did I? I might have. Well, dude, you know, <laughs> as, you, as you taught me in radio, though, uh, Panicelli, you know, there are people that are just joining the show, uh, you know, in and out. I mean, they may not have heard that part, so you I felt the right. need. You are right. <laughs> I felt the need to say it again. So uh, anyway, uh, but he said as of yesterday, and there were no games last night in the ACC. He projected seven teams from the ACC making it to the NCAA tournament right now. And I'm just looking down the standings, one through seven. Clemson, Virginia, Pitt, State, Miami, Duke, uh, and uh, North Carolina. And he even said with Wake Forest maybe uh, having a chance to get in. I agree with you. The ACC, I just think they beat up on each other so much, man. I mean, when Clemson is your number one team, I don't think they're going to be number one when this season's over. I think, like he said yesterday, I think Virginia is going to be number one. And then what he said from two through seven, even two through eight, everybody's just going to continue to just beat up on each other. You could have the number two team in the ACC have four losses, five losses in the conference. I think that's going to be a possibility, but it's like you said, uh, or like both of you said, uh, the ACC's just got to step up in those national games. Like when Virginia, yeah, they've lost two ACC games, but they had a, a really strong chance when they played Houston earlier, and then they lost to Houston. I mean, I just you, you've got to do better out of conference, but uh, we've also got to uh, see the ACC teams play better. Let me ask you, let's get the official. I know, uh, you know, uh, people are going to be listening to this on 252 ESPN, so I hope I'm not stealing your uh, thunder for your show today. But uh, who do you have? Duke Carolina or Carolina at Duke tomorrow? Carolina seven and both teams seven and four in the conference. But uh, uh, Carolina fifteen and seven overall. Uh, Duke sixteen and six. Who do you have winning tomorrow in Durham? I think I'm going to go. And look, you know, who knows? But uh, I'm going to go Carolina. Wow! By three, because one. Uh, I'll give Hubert Davis a little bit of a push there. They've got a lot more experience. I mean, uh, that when you look at their roster up and down, I mean, these are guys that have been in the program for multiple years. Uh, and then I think, you know, just the other part of it is, uh, one, uh, it's always so close. It's amazing how uh, these games can be so close. So I'm going to take Carolina by three. 
uh, and just go with Carolina's experience on this. But, uh, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, and again, who knows? Uh, I, I, but, but really, I lean towards the fact that, I mean, these guys have played together for so long. Uh, they've had, and, and this group of guys, uh, in North Carolina have had such success against Duke. I mean, you look at last year and, they they basically ruined Mike Krzyzewski's, uh farewell tour, and uh, not once but twice. But so uh, I, I'm I'm going to push there, especially after the loss uh, to Pitt earlier in the week. So I'm I'm going to go with Caroline in this one. Well, I can tell you one person who vehemently disagrees with you, and she just messaged in. It's uh, show executive producer Linda Whittington. Uh, I'm just going to read directly what she said here. All a w w w. Oh hell no! And he's a Dolphins fan. <laughs> Is she a Duke fan? Yeah, I think. Well, uh, well since she's been with me, I've, I've, uh, I got to tell you, I've uh, translate uh, transferred her into being a Virginia fan. Don't get it. Uh, don't get it twisted. She's a she's a UVA fan now, but she le- she can't stand Carolina. She leans to Duke. So uh, there you go. Wait a minute. Jason Bryant has jumped in. Oh good lord, he, he said because he's coming over to watch the game with us tomorrow. He said. By the way, Panicelli, you need to come over tomorrow too. Okay, but uh, he said if Panicelli's prediction is correct, he's tearing my living room apart. Wait, what? He's tearing my living room apart tomorrow. So uh, uh, I hope wow. I hope you're wrong. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I know you don't need that. In life, you know? <laughs> well, now you know what. Let me say this: You've been in my home. He could tear my living room apart. I just hope he doesn't tear my man cave apart. How's that? I don't think he wanted to tear anything <laughs> apart. So you know, remember it's just a game, folks, and they're going to play again in March. Yeah. So just relax, everybody. It's going to be okay. Let, let me I ask just, you, does homeowner's insurance, does that cover uh, someone coming over and tearing your room apart if uh, they're dis, uh, dissatisfied by the ending of a game? I'm not an insurance agent, <laughs> but I'm going to guess that'll be a hard sell uh, oh. you know, to your agent. Unless somebody were to break in, right, it'd probably have to be an intruder. So unless Jason Bryant wants to take the criminal rap, uh I think you're going to have to pay for those yourself. Oh, Lord. Hey, he had a question for you, and I think this is a very valid question. I'd love to ask you. Uh, would you not say Duke is trending upward while Carolina is not? What do you think about that, dude? That's a good question because we at the beginning of this, we you, you kind of alluded to this. I'm not sure that they're not both trending downwards to some degree but I, I i don't know and that the problem is they are you know cardiograms right yeah or roller coaster we yeah. can use it where it's like one week it looks like uh it's going up for one of these you know these teams and then you, you hit a game and then all of a sudden it's right back down and then it's up and then it's down I don't know. The, the problem is neither of these teams has really had a sustained success uh, in this season. Uh, it's why they're both kind of questionable, unranked or whatever. But I, I think it's hard for me to read in that regard. Uh, what, 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 you know, but again, you know, I, I, it's like one week I'll watch Duke for a couple of games. And then I think, well, okay, Shire's got it going. Shire's got it going. Same thing with Carolina. Uh, where it's like, okay, well, maybe they figured this out. Maybe they, and then all of a sudden you'll watch them play a game and then you slip scratching your head. So I think it's really hard to read at this point. I think the success of these two teams, and I know you hate this as a Virginia fan, but you want your blue bloods to be the blue bloods, right? I mean, whether you love them or hate them, that's what I'm saying. You're a Virginia fan. You'd, you'd love for them both to die and turn into Boston College. Yes. But, but, <laughs> but I think uh, that's been the problem this year with both of these teams. It's just, man, they are hard to read. You know, it's like I, I think you're getting you're, – you've got things going, and then the next moment I'm like, uh, I don't know. You could lose the first round of the NCAA tournament. So – 
I think that's been the, 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 the hardest part. So to answer the question, um, I'd love to say that one of them is trending upwards or trending downwards. But to be honest with you, they've been so impossibly hard to get a real uh, feel for what's going on there. I've, I've never seen a more Jekyll and Hyde Duke and Carolina programs in the same year that I've seen this year. It has been crazy, that's for sure. And I do want to throw a couple of more comments that he had here. He said Duke has made some changes with positions, and he thinks it's made them better with Jeremy Roach. Going through the two and Proctor taking over the point guard position, I, they, that can definitely be uh, debated, but I think he's correct there. But this is the point that he made. And, and I, dude, we've talked way too much about Duke Carolina. I got a couple other things that I wanted to talk about, but this is the best point he made. He said, if Carolina, and he spelled Carolina with a K, I don't get that. But he said, if Carolina has a bad shooting night from three point range, they can't beat anybody. And that is absolutely right. No, you're absolutely, yeah. No, that's, that's 100%. Uh, I completely agree with that for sure. And, you know, the movements with Roach has certainly been uh, great. And, and I think Duke's been playing uh, better without question. Boy, that game against Wake Forest earlier in the week was, was, was classic. Um, and I just want to throw Wake Forest in there. We don't get enough credit. I love Big Four basketball. And I want to say this. Because you're right. We've spent a lot of time with Duke Carolina this morning. How about a little shout-out to State Wake Forest this year? Yeah. Because I think, one, Keats has done fantastic this year and probably a year where he really needed to uh, – Oh, if he didn't, he was uh, going to get fired, Right, 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 right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and a shout-out to to me, and again, because what we call Switzerland – uh, Wake Forest with uh, Coach Forbes, man, he has done unbelievable with that program. So um, as much as we can talk about Carolina and Duke and uh, the fact that they're not the you know top 10 teams that we're used to every year, State and Wake Forest this year, uh, just congratulations. Like, this has been really good. And I honestly think, you know, the way things could trend, we could actually look at, like, all four of the big four teams making it to the tournament. If And, again, it's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts, and candy and nuts. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, uh, I just wanted to take a minute to just give a shout-out there to, uh, to, to State and Wake Forest because uh, they are playing both both programs much better than what we've seen in, in some recent years. Well, and I like poking the bear with Mr. Clemens. He's the biggest NC State fan that I know. And I mean, that, and I know a lot of state fans. He hates Kevin Keats, okay? Just can't stand him. I mean, he wanted him fired uh, <laughs> last year. And I've tried to tell and I, but in all sincerity, and I'm not just saying this to poke the bear with Mr. Clemens, but I have been – I love Kevin Keats. He is a nice fellow, man. I mean, I – you know, with all the work I do up at the Holiday Invitational, he comes almost every day to it. Uh, you remember uh, he called me big That's guy? That's right, big guy. That's right. He called me big guy and, and patted me on the bottom, you know. I mean, dude, I, it, it, it makes you love a coach a little bit more when they do that, you know. But, uh, but I do just, again, again, if I had told you before the season started that going into the February 4th games, February 4th, I mean, less than a, or a, right at a month towards the end of the season, Mark Panicelli, that NC State would be in that double buy territory going into the ACC tournament, and Duke and Carolina would not. You, you'd have probably had me drug tested, right? Oh, yeah, bud. We'd, we'd have called people. We'd have had an intervention. <laughs> you know, we would, have, we would have been like, Brian, we love you, buddy. What's going on? Like, you know, do you need to talk to somebody? Uh, I, do you need a hug? Uh, <laughs> but they've done great. I mean, and to Cravian Smith, I just, let's, uh, you know, a 252 guy, you know, let's give a shout out to him. He's been incredible this year. They've got this guy. I don't know if, if you guys have never watched NC State basketball and you're listening, there's this kid, was it DJ Burns? Yes, I follow truck. him on, but I follow him on Twitter now. He's a great <laughs> Twitter follow, dude. Right. I would not want to feed that young man, but I love him. <laughs> He's a great basketball player, and uh, and State's played great. And I've watched 
uh, quite a few games this year, and uh, and like I said, it's been it's been uh, nice to see that. Uh, you know, I think deep down, I, I love all, and including your beloved Cavaliers. You know, I I, I think the ACC is better when uh, you know when it's the Big Four and Virginia. Uh, and uh, it, and we're all up there in the top 25, and the ACC is this, you know, think about Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the Mr. <laughs> Universe days, and we're just flexing with the rest of the country, you, just, you know, like, hey, this is ACC basketball, and, uh, and we don't have that right now, but, you know, I got to say, I'm happy for NC State, I really am, I'm happy for, uh, for Wake Forest, but I'll say this. Duke Carolina has been incredible for God knows how long. It feels like it never disappoints. Let's hope it does that because many of us are going to tune in on Saturday. And, uh, you know, let's just hope it's not a snooze fest and, uh, or a blowout or, you know, two teams shooting 29% or something crazy like that. But, uh, it usually, it, or, or it rarely disappoints, at least in the last few years. And, and that's what the pressure of these two coaches have on them. You know, when you say Mike Krzyzewski, when you say Roy Williams, or, you know, some of the names, uh, which again, John Shire, Hubert Davis haven't earned that right yet. And, uh, but, but let's hope that they can somehow get this thing together and we can get back to, the ACC that we know, that you and I grew up loving, right? Right? Yeah, but you yeah. and I sitting in our classrooms <laughs> in March, and the teacher pulls in the, the TV, and we're watching the ACC tournament in the afternoon. That's the ACC that I, that I believe in. That's the ACC that I love. There you go. Uh, the last thing about this, and I can't believe we spent your entire visit talking about ACC basketball, but you know what? That, that's It's all good. But uh, what I love that ESPN does now, when you go like to their ace, their, their basketball schedule and all that, they've got a little tickets thing, and it'll show you how much you know the cheapest tickets are. Uh, so if you want to go to the Virginia Virginia Tech game tomorrow in Blacksburg, a ticket you can get a ticket as low as seventy two dollars, dude. If you want to go see Wake Forest at Notre Dame tomorrow, I don't know why you would, but if you were in the Greater Notre Dame area and you wanted to see that, tickets are as low as nine dollars. Guess what the cheapest tickets are according to Vivid Seats uh, for the Carolina Duke game tomorrow in uh, in Durham. You want to try to guess? Oh boy! I'm for, go for two teams who are for two teams who are unranked, uh, you said how much? Two hundred. Oh no no no, dude! Uh, try five hundred and three dollars. What? The cheat, dude. Go to ESPN. The ACC men's basketball schedule tickets as low as five hundred and three dollars. Oh wait a minute! You said as low as. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But again, like I said, dude, you want to go to Wake Forest, Notre Dame tomorrow? Tickets as low as nine dollars for that for Purcell Pavilion in South Bend, Indiana. Heck, you could even go to the Florida. I do not know why in the world you would want to see Florida State at Louisville tomorrow. I mean, you talk about two teams that are. I, I, what? That's one of the questions I wanted to ask uh, David. I didn't get to yesterday, but what in the world happened to Louisville? I mean, you you talk about blue bloods. Louisville is a blue blood, and they've won three games this year, or something like that. But you could get into that game at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky, for twelve dollars. But if you want to go see Carolina at Duke tomorrow, you better be. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, five hundred. I know that you make five hundred dollars a show. So that would be one show check for you, uh, Mark Panicelli. But still, $503 to see Carolina at Duke tomorrow. Wow. I mean, uh, a big wow. So $500 a segment. No, but no. Um, $500. Oh, sorry. Uh, what, sorry. What happened? No, no, no. What, what happened to Louisville? Rick Pitino. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, it's sad, man. I mean, again, if I'm talking blue blood College basketball, like I said, of course, Carolina, Duke. I would still even include UCLA in that. I mean, I know they've not really won anything in a minute, but Kansas, Kentucky, Louisville, I throw Michigan in there. I consider them a blue blood. 
Uh, who am I forgetting? That's just off the top of my head, but dude, just Kansas, Kentucky. What did you say, Kentucky? I did. Yep, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisville. That's probably it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you fit all the all the all the uh, the right places. But anyway, well, listen, Mark Panicelli. Hey, I'm going to get up. What are you doing tomorrow night? Why don't you come up to Kenson and watch? Hey, I'm grilling hamburger. I'm grilling Bubba burgers. You need to come up here. Grilling. Well, I mean. I, I'm going to consider your idea. Okay. But I'm going to I'm going to be cautious because there might be a possibility that there'll be a Jason Bryant rage fest <laughs> at the end of it. So you know, I don't do I don't do well when people start destroying rooms and stuff like that. So let's get a disclaimer from Jason and make sure he can behave himself in case uh, in case Duke doesn't win. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna. Get, I have a lot of stress balls around here, you know, like little football stress balls. In fact, I'm squeezing one right now. I think I'm going to give him a couple of those, one for each hand, and see if that helps. What do you think? That Valium, something like that. We could uh, we could put something in his drink or something, you know. <laughs> that, well, that would, dude. These are you, you're telling me I should roofie my friend. Is that what you're saying? I didn't say roofie. I said Valium. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay you got me on that one dude listen mark panicelli five o'clock monday through friday 252 espn 107.5 thank you so much for joining us here today my friend absolutely man talk to you we'll talk to you later hopefully tomorrow i'll get up with you later dude okay there you go that's mark panicelli thank you for listening to the first hour of the brian hanks show coming up jessica cruz from lenore community college